We're going to go to Joshua chapter 3, and we're going to read verses 14, uh, 14 through 17, and then we're going to jump right in. So when the people broke camp to cross the Jordan, the priests carrying the Ark of the Covenant went ahead of them. Now the Jordan's at flood stage all during harvest, yet as soon as the priest who carried the Ark reached the Jordan and their feet touched the water's edge, the water from upstream stopped flowing. That's good news. It piled up in a heap a great distance away at a town called Adam in the vicinity of Zarethan, while the water flowing downstream to the Sea of uh, Araba, uh, which is the Dead Sea, was completely cut off. So the people crossed over opposite of Jericho. The priest who carried the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord stopped in the middle of the Jordan and stood on dry ground, while all Israel passed by into the whole nation, until the whole nation had completed crossing on dry ground. Let me pray for us. Lord God, we just open our minds and our hearts to what it is that you want to speak today. God, I pray that it wouldn't be my words, God, but it would be your words. God, I just pray for open minds and hearts to receive everything that you have for us. God, we thank you that we're victors, not victims. And so God, we go out different than we came in. So God, just bless our moments together. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. I love this. I love this. We're talking about crossing over. And so for the next few moments, I want to speak to you guys from the subject of just passing through. Just passing through. I'm not sure about you. I grew up in rural East Texas, and my particular town never felt like a destination. It was like people just kind of came through, bump, bump. You had a couple, uh, had a couple street lights, and it was just always a, a pass through. Now, I'm looking out at you right now, and I see some confusion. I can't see your faces online, but I, I recognize it's probably there. You're like, this dude just said that he's from rural East Texas, but he's showing his ankles on a Sunday morning. <laughs> I feel the judgment. I feel the judgment. I'm ready for it. I prayed about it. I said, God, for all of the people judging my ankles, I did. I didn't. I didn't. I tell you what, to, to really show you that I'm from East Texas, growing up, I had a nickname, and I don't share this with very many people. My nickname was Bubba. Bubba. All growing up, my dad to this day calls me Bubba. Shout out, Pops. Calls me Bubba. That's confirmation that I'm from a little town. What city boy do you know that goes by Bubba? Right? But I just want to share with you a little something. Maybe you know this, maybe you don't. There's a code of ethics for nicknames. I just open up my, my dark places to you. If any of you jump into my DMs and you're like, hey, Bubba, it's going to be an issue, okay? <laughs> Those are very sacred and private things, so don't call me Bubba. Uh, it's not okay. My wife can call me Bubba, but the rest of you, yeah, don't, don't do that, man. I love Just passing through. So to give some, to frame up where we are, we've got the people of Israel, and this is not the first time that they've been uh, presented with an opportunity to pass through or to cross over. If we rewind a little bit to the book of Exodus, Moses, with the people, after they've come out of Egypt, they've been in slavery for 400 years, and Moses has brought them out. But in order to escape the, uh, the, the Egyptian army, God uses Moses to part the Red Sea, which is a very familiar story. Most of us realize that. The people of Israel crossed over, and then it says, as the Red Sea came back together, all of the armed forces of the Egyptian army was wiped out. So God saved his people. He liberated them. He set them free from slavery, but they had not entered the promised land. 
And what's interesting is there had already been a promise presented, but they had not made it there yet. And it says this in the Bible. It says, at 40 days after the Red Sea had been parted, they're camping at the mountain. Moses goes up. He's getting further direction from God. All of the people are just in chaos. 40 days. And I feel like some of that's representative of where we are today. And it's not, I don't want to discourage any of you, but I feel like what we've labeled 2020 as, the power that we've given 2020 over our lives, all of the things that we've been presented with for 2020, we're now in a season of we're distracted, we're complaining, we're wandering. And I feel like as we dissect what Joshua was able to do with the Israeli people, hopeful, I'm hopeful, I'm hopeful that it becomes a blueprint for what we are to do to take back 2020 in the year. It amazes me that even for those, for the times that they were out there, as they're wondering, I'm only left to, to think modern day, modern day us. We've taken a few road trips over the course of our lives. For a very long time, if it was more than four hours, we were going to fly. That was just our agreement. It's like, if it's more than four hours in a car, we're just not going to do it. Uh, let's just charter a flight. We're going to be good. But we've taken a couple trips these days, and as we drive through, the thing that I hear, and for any of the parents in the room, you'll recognize it, is, are we there yet? Are we there yet? And we're super spiritual people, so we read this story, and we're like, you know what? Yeah, they wandered 40 years. It's all right. They got there. We read it because we know the ending. But I can only imagine there was some little kid somewhere like, are we there yet? Are we there yet? Where's the promised land? You told us that we were going. Where's the promised land? The promised land is there, but we got to get past that. Are we there yet? And I hope I'm hopeful to encourage somebody today that it's it's right. It's laid out for us in the word. And so as we jump in, I'm hopeful that you see us. Israel, Israel had been free from slavery, from bondage, but hadn't arrived at the promised land. This is what I say this. There's always there's always a pass through that precedes the promised land. There's always a pass-through that precedes the promised land. So I want to jump into this, what my message is going to be today, what I want to practically have us look at, because I feel like there's always a spiritual authority that's there. I want to give us some practicals to jump into that I'm hopeful it's going to set some people free. So I'm calling these three things the practicals of a pass-through, the practicals of a pass-through. So let's jump back to Joshua 3, 15. What does it say? It says, now the Jordan is at flood stage all during the harvest. We know the end of the story, right? So none of you are put on, you're not put on your heels by it. You're just kind of like, yeah, flood stage. Flood stage, we good. We're good. We're just going to cross it. Aaron's going to come. All right, not Aaron. Joshua's going to come. The priests are going to step foot. And as soon as they step foot, it's going to block 20 miles up, and we're going to be good to go. We're going to go over on dry land. You know what? If that was the case, some of us in here that have been dealing with nine months of 2020, and God is saying, you know what? Just be obedient. Take that step. We're not even willing to do it. I don't know if that's the case for you. It's definitely the case for me. But we look at this and we're like, flood stage, hmm, flood stage. Just, all right, just the Jordan, just a little old Jordan. I just, I, I, I got to believe that Bertha was in the back. They rolled up. It was definitely Bertha. Her name's not listed in the Bible. I feel like every group of three million people has a Bertha. If your name's Bertha, shout out. We love you. No judgment. There is this situation where they roll up, the harvest is at flood stage, they're trying to figure out what they're going to do. The people have been complaining this entire time. And for us, modern day church, 
we'd be like, nope, you must have got it wrong. Joshua, I, I get what you're saying, but you know what? The year just looks too, it's too heavy. My marriage is going through trials. My business is going through trials. My finances aren't where they need to be. There's no toilet paper in Kroger. We need to call Aldi, right? Does that, that make sense? We got all of these many things that we're presented with. And I feel like if we were to take ourselves out of 2020 and put ourselves back in the Old Testament, what they were up against, didn't we have faith for it because we know what happens on the other side of this. And so my first point, the first practical I got is be, be guided by promise, not problems. Be guided by promise, not problems. The problem that they were presented with was this. The Jordan was at flood stage. The Jordan during any other season outside of, of harvest was said to be about maybe 100, a couple hundred feet wide. So crossing it was not, I mean, we would roll up to it and uh, be like, you know what, we can do it. I wore white today. Joshua, I wish you told me we wore white. I wore white. I don't know if I want to step in that or I got my hair done. And you know how I feel about when I got my hair done. I know you guys, not me. I'm just saying other people, <laughs> other people. But we would approach that like, man, the problem, the, the, the problem, the pro- how are we going to cross? They say at flood stage, it can go from one or a couple hundred feet to more than two miles wide. And we got three, imagine, we got Bertha and three million other people that we're trying to get across. So the problem was big. And I feel like if we look at what Joshua did, it is a sign of what we should all be doing as we look at where we are in this year. I feel like this is something that will help us. So look at what Joshua did, the promise. Joshua uh, chapter 1, verses 8 through 9. It says, keep the book of the law always on your lips. Meditate on it. Meditate on it. Meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do everything that's written in it. This is your pro- th- then you will be prosperous and successful. Have I not commanded you to be strong, to be strong and courageous? Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. Where, where will the Lord be with you? Where, wherever you go. Oh, so let's just say we're in front of the Jordan. It's at flood stage. Where's the Lord going to be? Wherever we go. What do we read back in a couple verses in the past? It said that when the priest stepped, when the priest stepped, when the priest stepped, that's when the breakthrough happened. It didn't happen before that. So all of us that rolled up and be like, no, you know what? Your GPS is wrong. G- GPS is God, God's position system. That's not my own original. That was just a church joke, but I found it. I found it online, you guys. I'll give, I'll give, you, uh, I'll give you all of my secrets later. It says this, Joshua 3, in verse 15 and 16, Yet as soon as the priest who carried the ark reached the Jordan and their feet touched the water's edge, the water from upstream stopped flowing. It piled up in a heap a great distance away. Getting to the promised land will take obedience, but where God leads you, he always goes before you. That should be good news for us. It doesn't matter what this year presents. We don't need to go back to 2019, the glory days of 2019 and 2018, when we felt like our marriage was the strongest it's ever been, when we feel like our business was flourishing, when we feel like that wayward son or daughter came back. We don't need to go, we don't need to go back. It says wherever he's leading us to, he goes before us. That should be good news for somebody in this place, that God, wherever he's calling us to, calling us to get through 2020 with power and authority. It says, be courageous. It didn't say be timid and worry if the, if the waters are going to take you out. Is that, is that, I don't, I didn't read that, but I think it's going to require us to step into something. What did Joshua do? 
Joshua said, let me meditate. Let me meditate on the promises. That means we need to drown out all of the distractions around us. Sometimes what you see that meet, doesn't meet the eye, but it's not what God is putting you up against. It's what he wants to take you through. Let's just say this. Will we be reading the story if it said that uh, they approached the Jordan, it was already dry, they crossed it? What would be the power in that? What would be the power in that? So many times our natural is what we want to lean on, but I feel like God in this season of our lives wants us to step outside of your natural and put his supernatural on top of it. But that's going to require us to encounter a Jordan that's at flood stage. Does that make sense? I think we love the easy way out. Character's not built in the easy way out. I'm sorry, I got news for you. A lot of the power that you have to get through things that you've encountered in your life or that you're up against now comes because you've been through some things, right? We a lot of times get really frustrated with the younger generation because you're like, you know what, where's their faith for it? I think we should have maybe a little more patience because they've not been through what you've been through. I'm pretty sure my parents and your parents as well prayed for you to get through some of the things you thought were going to take you out. How many times did all of us wonder and complain and do all of these things when somebody else on the outside looking in. So, so often when we are not emotionally connected, it's easy for us to pass judgment. I can look on your, your situation like, ah, i kind of been there, i kind of done that. Why don't they just do that? Did you speak, what, 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 what are you complaining about? What's, what's... That's normally what I say, because then you don't hear me. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Just like, what, 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 what? I know what I'm saying. You just don't know what I'm saying. Getting to the promised land will take obedience. But where God leads you, he always goes before you. I love this. If you look at this story, the water didn't go away. Your problems may not necessarily go away. The confidence is leaning on the promise of knowing that it's not going to take you out. It says right there, it piled up in a heap a distance away. It's not the absence of problems. It's a pursuit. It's a pursuit, a desire for the promise. Your problem isn't going to go away. I think so, so many times you feel like, where are you, God? Where are you, God? And God's like, it hadn't taken you out. You woke up. It's what we see. It's what we see. The water is still there. Number two, take inventory in the middle. I think this is the second practical in, in, in a good pass through. Take inventory in the middle. What does it say here? In Joshua 4, uh, verses 1 through 3, we're going to read that. When the whole nation had finished crossing the Jordan, the Lord said to Joshua, choose 12 men from among the people, one from each tribe, and let's key on this, and tell them to take up 12 stones from the middle of the Jordan from right where the priests are standing, from right where the priests are standing, and carry them over and put them down at the place that you'll stay tonight. I think we should look closely at this. Take them from the middle. So often we celebrate what God has brought us out of. We know where we started, right? We know where we finished. God didn't say take inventory from the beginning or from the end. God said take inventory from the middle. This is what I think is important about this scripture is they took stones right where the Ark of the Covenant was. What did the Ark of the Covenant represent in the Old Testament? The presence of God. So what God is telling us in this scripture right here is you're in the middle of what looks like to be hell. 2020 has just challenged us on all sides. But what God is saying is, I'm, I'm, I'm right in the middle. I'm right, I'm right, 
I'm right in the middle. I didn't just go before you. We just read this. He said, I go before you. When the priest stepped foot in the Jordan, the water started to pile up. And now as we're going through, right where the, the Ark of the Covenant stood, right where the priest stood is where we're taking the stones. We need to take inventory of all the things that God's done for us. So often we're caught up in destinations. We're caught up in where we came from. But what God is telling you is you have to realize that right in the middle of it, right in the middle of it, right in the middle of it is where I was. So what, what are your stones? What, what are the stones that we need to take inventory of? You know what, God, in 20, 2012, as I thought my marriage was just going to leave me, the enemy had just whispered all these things to me. I just couldn't, I couldn't see. Oh, oh, that's, oh that's a, it's a stone. Let me, let me grab this stone from the middle. Oh, you know, I had that wayward son or daughter. I just prayed without ceasing. Oh, my gosh, I just thought they'd never come back home. Oh, oh, they're, they're back. God, I see you in the middle of it. I see you in the middle of it. Oh, oh, you know what? I felt abandoned as a baby. My dad rejected me, but God, you were with me. I'm going to pick this stone up because I realized that you were with me the whole time. Oh, 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 my business, my business in 2016 was doing the best that it ever had been. But then I saw some trials come. I had a business partner walk out, walk out on me, but you were with me the whole time. God, I got confidence that you never leave me nor forsake me. Oh, that's not enough. Oh, you know what? I had sickness in my body. Oh, God, I remember 2011 when I got the diagnosis and I thought I was losing it. But you know what? I got that stone because look at where I'm at today. Look at where I'm at today. God, you're good. What stones do you have? In the middle is where God's been. It doesn't matter what you're going through. God wants you to be encouraged that he's always with you. He doesn't only go before you. He's in the middle of it. What are your stones? What are your stones? We have to be guided by promise, not by problems. We've got to take inventory in the middle. And number three, use the past to build faith for the future. All of that yelling I just did is all fine and good. But practically, the application of this is always a lot more difficult, is it not? Right? Yeah, you know what, God, you're good. I see you in the middle of it. And then so often we forget. I just wonder if in this season, for the Israeli people, if God didn't realize that he brought them through a Red Sea, part of the Red Sea. I don't know what the equivalent of that would be in today's time, but pretty significant. Scott, I'm going to go out on a limb. Pretty big. Pretty big deal. How quickly the people forgot. We're nine months into a year that we've basically just categorized as the worst year of all of our lives, right? And I feel like God wants to call our attention to the fact that what we thought in the past would take us out. Where are you? Where are we? You're here. Resisting all of the glory of a pandemic, right? Just like, oh, we're going to come into church. We're in the Lord's house. We get to praise. We get to worship him. 
We get to declare how good he is. We get to declare how we've seen him throughout our lives. We get to declare how he's been with us. He's never left us nor forsaked us. We get to, we get to declare that he's got good plans for us, plans to prosper us, not to harm us. But so often we forget. And I don't know about you, I just made up, I just made up my mind in the season. As I've studied this, I've been more convicted probably <laughs> in studying this than maybe ever in my life because I've realized where I've taken my focus off of the Lord and put him on problems. My old GPS needed an update. And this is not to beat up on anybody. I know we all come in. We're different places. Some of you, this may be your first time, so you're talking, you're like, what is the Jordan? <laughs> right? God loves us. God wants to call our attention to remembrance. So I'm going to read some scripture here, and this is kind of where we're going to land the plan. In Joshua 4, verses 20 to 24, it says, And Joshua set up at Gilgal the 12 stones that they had taken out of the Jordan. He said to the Israelites, in the future, when your descendants ask their parents, what do these stones mean? Tell them, Israel crossed the Jordan on dry ground. For the Lord your God dried up the Jordan before you until you had crossed over. The Lord your God did to the Jordan what he had done to the Red Sea when he dried it up before us when we had crossed over. Why did he do this? He did this so that all, how many? Who? All. How many? All. all. Pastor Dustin says all in the Greek. <laughs> all. <laughs> A-L-L. He doesn't say it like that, it's just, but, you know. There's more authority when you say it. I did want to use it, though. So that all the people of the earth might know that the hand of the Lord is powerful, and so that you might always fear the Lord your God. What's different? He did it, the Red Sea. Forty days after, people losing their minds. Me and Bertha, we just complaining. Right? Where are we? Moses, what have you done? Where are you? We need a God to praise. So they just put all the gold together and they built a calf. Like, we need to worship something. Isn't that just like, you know what, I'm not even going to say that. We're not even going to label ourselves like that. I, I was just about to say, isn't that just like us? That is not just like us. Because as of today, we go out looking at something fundamentally different than maybe we looked like before or what we saw before. The difference in the Red Sea and the Jordan was they built an altar of remembrance. What do those stones represent? What are your stones? What do we need to take inventory of and what God not brought us out of, but what God brought us through? And from the other side, now we've crossed over into the promise. We've arrived at the promise. But for many of us, the promise isn't enough. We sit in the promise. This used to be a field of mud. We used to pray over all this. Pastor doesn't drive his truck up in it. He prayed for you long before you ever sat in a seat. We've stepped into the promise. But I found myself, even in recent weeks, losing sight of all of the things that God has brought me through. And how do I do that? Because I didn't build an altar. Not an altar to worship, but 
But I also to remember, you know what? My marriage, ah, you know what? We're going through some stuff, man. We're right on top of each other. We're homeschooling these kids. We got a little small house. I'm in the restroom and I can hear what class she's in. This is not great. You know what I'm saying? Some of you feel me. If you got a much bigger house, I'll come work from your place, right? And I'm just... There's a battle. Man, I just don't know how we're going to get through this year. I'm afraid to go out because... They don't wear their masks, and they don't socially distance or physical distance. And I'm just, I'm just worried for my life. You know what? But God, God brought me through that before, so I got my stone there. Oh, I t- take an inventory of when my business bounced back and the things that God did through it that I never thought he would ever be able to do. You know what? I, I've inventoried that, so I'm going to set that stone right here. Whatever your stones are, this is what I would encourage you with. Don't look where you came from. I don't even know that God's telling us to look right in the middle. God's saying, build your altar of remembrance. That way, when I get over here and I'm on the other side of it, 2020, you ain't got nothing on me. 2020, you do not have authority over my marriage. 2020, you do not have authority over my health. 2020, you've got no place. You've got nothing. I have all authority over you. 2020, I put you underneath my feet. God's good. He's done it. What has God done in your life? Somebody should be encouraged. You got exactly what you need. You just forgot it. We need to tap into everything that he's done for us. We need to build that altar of remembrance to say, God, you are good. And what, what, what did he say? What, so that all. Oh. We'll see. Who are you doing it for? Are you, is, is, it just, is it just for you? Is it just for you? So that all. So that all. We're the church. All this hope that we preach, all of the change that we want to see, it's you and I that are responsible for it. And here, this, this, this is the really, really tough place for us to be. If we don't do it, or if we don't present something different, then what do we expect the world to do? How are you going to sell hope if you don't have hope? How are you going to sell power and authority over forces of darkness if you don't operate in it? Does that make sense? It's about our altar of remembrance. We've got people, you got to hear me. And this is, I, this is not, I don't want to be a downer. I don't want you to feel less than, but we, get, we have to get this. If the church is going to take back ground that God has already given us, God is saying, step over into the promised land. You've got victory over everything that is now and to come. We, it's, it's us. It's us. As, as I read this, I'm, I'm challenged. I am. I'm stirred. Just because God's given us more authority than sometimes we want to claim or take hold of. God before he left this, or Jesus before he left this earth said, you'll do greater things. Do you believe that? No, no, do you believe that? It's rhetorical. <laughs> you don't have to answer. I got a couple nods. <laughs> and I, I go, you know, sometimes you got que- to be really careful asking questions in, in a corporate gathering. Because you, like, you did you feel the pressure to respond? You can respond to this one. Yeah? All right. If we're going to redeem the year... In the year, three things for us to remember, and I'll close with this. 
God always goes before us. God always goes before you. So December 31st, 2019, where was God? Where was God? He, he went before us. So a lot of the things that we see, he's not. He's not surprised by any of it. I think he's looking at us like, what are you doing, people of Israel? <laughs> he always goes before us. Says he's always with us. So he always goes before us. He always goes with us. The Ark of the Covenant was in the middle of the Jordan. The middle. This is where we took our stones from. Not just what he brought us out of, what he brought us through. And the thing that messes me up is that he always promises to come behind us as well. I think so often we feel exposed, right? Like, oh, we came through this thing, but then oh, we need to close, close that door behind me. Otherwise, it's going to come back and get me. Joshua 4, verses 15 through 18. Then the Lord said to Joshua, command the priest carrying the Ark of the Covenant to come up out of the Jordan. So Joshua commanded the priest, come up out of the Jordan. And the priest came up out of the river carrying the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord. No sooner than they had set feet on dry ground, dry ground then the waters of the Jordan returned to their place and ran at flood stage. He goes before you. He goes with you in the middle and he follows behind you. The good news for you and I in this place today, watching online in Prosper and Wiley, is that we're engulfed in him. I don't know if that encourages you. I don't know how I got to this place. Literally, this stage right here. Without a God. Without a God. All of the nonsense all of the middle, everywhere I felt like I had been deserted, all the times where I'm cursing God, like, where are you? How did you leave me? Why did you leave me here? Only to look back now and realize that he was with me through it all. I don't know what your story is. I would say I was the most unlikely. But God says something different. This is my encouragement for us today. I don't know what you have going on. I don't know what 2020 is meant or looks like for you, but this is what I do know. God's obsessed with the pass through. And the more we can grab hold of that, the more we understand that he's with us in all of it. You and I have work to do. And my work is not to wallow in all of the nonsense that I've talked about or look at where I came from and have that disqualify me from where God wants to take me. It's a power 
and authority in knowing that I am a victor, not a victim. Knowing that what God has put inside of me, there's a place for it. Knowing that as long as I live my life out front, that God's going to use it. Knowing that God's put something in me, I've got a voice that this world needs. Knowing that I don't need to wait for you. I don't need to wait for you. I'm saying, here am I. Send me. What 2020 needs is a bunch of people that's going to decide to take a stand and to say, you know what, God, I've got everything that this world needs because I've built an altar of remembrance. Lord, I just thank you right now that you care enough about us, God, to see us in a year that's filled with turmoil and chaos. God, we thank you that you're not surprised by it, God. We thank you that as we woke up January 1st, 2020, you were there. God, I thank you that when we wake up January 1st, 2021, you will be there. God, I thank you that you go before us. God, I thank you that you're with us in the middle. God, I thank you that you're behind us. Lord God, I just pray right now a refreshing to come over this room. God, I pray for a boldness to rise up in each individual, God, to know that we've got a voice. God, to know that you've brought us through something for something. God, we thank you that you never waste the season. God, we thank it as we focus on you and our past through God, you're going to help us inventory all of the places, Lord God, that you've met our needs. God, we worship you. We honor you. And as we lift our eyes, Lord, 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 that you're going to be there. Thank you, Jesus. This is what I'd like for us to do. We're not going to just be, ah, uh, you know, just kind of lackadaisical. I want us, and this, this works for me. Sometimes if you see me up here praying before a service starts and you see me like airboxing, <laughs> I'm legitimately telling myself I'm punching the devil in the teeth. Maybe that don't work for you. I don't know what gets you going, but this is what I'm saying. We have no place to be passive any longer. We can sit back and wait for somebody else to change 2020, or we can say, I'm going to change 2020.